I'm reminded this morning, as we open our Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, that Christianity is not rooted in a philosophy or a theory or a metaphysical principle. Christianity is rooted in history. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are not books about philosophy. They are books about history that captured a moment in history when Jesus entered our world. Matthew wrote particularly to the Jews. Mark, as we saw last time, wrote particularly to the Romans. And as we'll discover this morning, Luke wrote particularly to the Greeks. Like four camera angles on one life, Matthew takes the perspective of the Jew and draws out of Jesus' life how he's the fulfillment of all the messianic promises of Old Testament Scripture. How he is the promised Messiah, not only for the people of Israel, but for all the nations. Mark shows Jesus the suffering servant. The servant leader who came to serve. One whom the Romans need to get to know. And Luke's camera angle captures Jesus, the Son of Man. The one who the Greeks, who almost deified man, shows Jesus as the man, the Son of Man. I love Matthew's Gospel because it's so chock full of showing how Jesus is the fulfillment of Messianic Old Testament promises. I love the Gospel of Mark because it's so fast-paced and hard-hitting. Immediately Jesus did that. And immediately it shows Jesus as a man of action that He was serving people. And I love Luke's Gospel because it breathes. It's alive with the passion of a man who was fully God, but He was also fully man. Uniquely, if you'd open your notes to Christ in the book, uniquely, Dr. Luke, the medical doctor, captures facets of Jesus' humanity that a medical doctor would observe more than the others. It's Luke's Gospel that records that when Jesus was born, He was wrapped in strips of cloth, or the old term, swaddling clothes. Because he's a medical doctor and would take note of those things. It's Luke's gospel that shows that Jesus was circumcised, a medical procedure. It's Luke's gospel and only Luke's gospel that says Jesus grew in wisdom and stature. It's Luke's gospel alone that preserves the fact that Jesus taught as a young boy with the rabbis in the temple. At a feast day. It's Luke's gospel that traces Jesus' life, not just back to David the king or Abraham the patriarch, but Luke's gospel and only Luke's gospel dates Jesus' lineage to go back to Adam because Adam was the first man and it shows that Jesus is the son of man. It's Luke's gospel that 
describes the shepherd's coming. Whereas Matthew showed the kings of the east coming to visit the king. Luke, emphasizing the Son of Man, shows blue-collar workers coming from their fields to visit Jesus, to emphasize again the humanity of Christ. It's Luke that shows Jesus weeping over Jerusalem, that shows Jesus in agony in the garden, sweating like drops of blood. It's Luke's Gospel that captures the healing of Jesus uh, when He healed the uh, Malchus's ear, when Peter went to stop the soldier from, from grabbing Jesus. Then Jesus reaches out His hand. Because Luke, a medical doctor, is more cognizant of those moments in Jesus' life. It's Luke's Gospel where Jesus said to Thomas, Come, see my hands and my feet. It is I, touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. Again, emphasizing the humanity of Christ. And it's only Luke's Gospel where we see not only the physical bodily resurrection of Christ, but the physical bodily bodily ascension of Christ into heaven. Why? Because the same Jesus that was born and wrapped in strips of cloth, the same one that was circumcised, the same one that sweat like anyone and cried like anyone, had a physical body when He was raised and a physical body that was taken with Him up to heaven. Don't you love it? I love it. All those aspects from His camera angle, all reinforcing the fact that Jesus was fully human. Jesus is as human as the person sitting next to you this morning. No, we see it all captured here. As Paul wrote to the church in Philippi, Philippians chapter 2, this same Jesus who was fully equal with God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. But He made Himself nothing, being found in the form of a human, and becoming as a human a servant, and as a servant becoming obedient, and to be obedient unto death. That's the servant, Son of Man, shown in Luke's Gospel. And as the Son of Man, Luke's Gospel, like some of the others, showed Jesus as a man who invested in others. Who called others and selected them to follow Him. Who associated with them and traveled together and taught them. Who delegated to them. It's only Luke's Gospel who shows not only that Jesus appointed the twelve to go out, but Luke captures that Jesus on another occasion also sent out 72. Why? Because his audience are the Greeks. And Jesus not only sent the 12 to the tribes of Israel, he sent the 72 to go to all people, including the Greeks. It's captured by Dr. Luke. And then... 
the impartation. It's an amazing moment on the end of Luke's Gospel, and it's the only Gospel that includes it this way. Jesus said, wait until you're clothed with power from on high. You see, Luke's Gospel shows that Jesus' ministry begins when Jesus went to a synagogue, took the scroll of Isaiah, and read from Isaiah 61. It's in your Bible, Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, where Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, for He's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Now follow this. The same Jesus, who was fully man, ministered miraculously, not out of His deity, but out of His Holy Spirit-anointed humanity. And at the end of Jesus' life, after His death, burial, resurrection, and right before His ascension, the last thing He says is to His followers is, wait in Jerusalem until you have been clothed with power from on high. Now follow this. I want to show you a connection that I've never seen before. And you see it when you study the whole book. There are advantages to our approach this year in studying a whole book of the Bible in one Sunday. At the end of his life, it's the only gospel that records it, Jesus said, wait until you are clothed with power. Now follow this. Let's go back to the beginning of his life. The beginning of his ministry, he goes to a synagogue, pulls up the scroll of Isaiah, and he says, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. For this Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach, to heal, to cast out demons, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, to give the blessing of all the graces of God. And so Jesus lives His life and works miracles not out of His deity. Yes, He was God, and Luke's Gospel continues to reinforce the fact that He was God. No one describes better the virgin birth than Dr. Luke. And there are many other times where Jesus is shown to be God in Luke's Gospel. But the emphasis is not on His deity, it's on His humanity. And Jesus said Himself, I have laid aside the independent use of my deity. I will live my life ministering miraculously to people out of my Holy Spirit anointed humanity. He selects his followers. He trains them. He delegates to them. He rebukes them, corrects them. He imparts to them. And before he leaves, he commissions them by saying, you know how you've seen me do this my whole life? Remember when I told you that I'm going to do all these things not because I'm God, but because the Holy Spirit has anointed my humanity? I could never have done any of that unless the Holy Spirit anointed my humanity. Now, I have an assignment for you. You're going to pick up where I left off. You are going to take this gospel that has reached this area and you're going to take it to the ends of the earth. You're going to make disciples of all nations. But just as I could never have done my work unless the Holy Spirit anointed me, you can never do your work unless the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that anointed me, anoints you. 
That's the message of the book. It's the message. There's more stories of women in Luke's Gospel than any other. Because the Greeks loved beauty. There's more songs captured in Luke's Gospel because they loved music and poetry. There's more of a heart for the outcast in Luke's Gospel because he's writing to the Greeks who saw themselves as outcasts from anything that was Jewish. And so Luke's Gospel includes the shepherds visiting Jesus, the story of the Good Samaritan, the blind beggar, the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. We wouldn't have the parable of the prodigal son if it wasn't for Luke's Gospel. Because Luke was writing to a whole world of prodigals. The story of Zacchaeus is captured only by Luke because, again, Zacchaeus embodied the Greek outcast mindset, but of one who Jesus loved and transformed his life. It's only Luke's Gospel that captures the thief on the cross. Why? Because of anyone in the story, they were not the Romans and they were not the Jews, but the Greeks were represented by the thief. And the fact that Jesus turned and said, today, you're going to be with me in paradise, gave hope to the Greeks across the Greek world. And then after the resurrection, those two no-namers on the Emmaus Road, when Jesus had risen from the dead, and it's one of the most heartwarming stories of any resurrection appearance, Captured by Luke for his Greek audience because no-namers were included in Jesus' resurrection appearances representing all the no-namer Greeks around the world and representing you and me. No, it's the gospel of the outcast. It's the gospel of women. It's the gospel of beauty and tenderness and humanity, and it is the gospel of prayer. Jesus is seen praying more in Luke's gospel than in any of the others. It's only Luke's gospel that says that Jesus was praying when he was baptized. The others missed that fact. It's only Luke's gospel that says that Jesus spent the whole night praying before he called his disciples. It's only Luke's Gospel that says when Jesus took Peter, James, and John up on the mountain, when Jesus was transfigured, He was transfigured and had this glorious appearance with Elijah on one side and Moses on the other while He was praying. It's Luke's Gospel that in, contains that moment when Jesus was caught in the act of praying and the disciples came and said, Lord, teach us to pray. It's Luke's Gospel that catches Jesus' two prayers from the cross. It's Luke's Gospel that ends with Jesus saying, stay and pray. Stay and pray until you are clothed with power. Now, I was thinking about what I'm going to wear on Easter Sunday. How many of you have had that go through your mind? What am I going to wear on Easter Sunday? Does anybody think of those things anymore? A few of us. Okay. A few of us. And Rick Carter's even thinking about what he's going to pull out for Easter Sunday. 
Well, as I thought about this, Jesus said, be clothed with power. That's not presumptuous. That's not some cocky person praying a half-baked, prideful, arrogant prayer. Clothe me with power. Jesus wants that for us. It's fine to want some nice new clothes for Easter. But Jesus said be clothed with power. It was absolutely essential for Jesus Himself to have been clothed with power. And why is it the Gospel that emphasizes the humanity of Jesus is also the Gospel that emphasizes Jesus' prayer life? It doesn't take much to connect those dots. Because when we recognize the frailty of our humanity, when we realize that we cannot do anything apart from His enablement, His empowerment, it brings us to our knees. The size of our prayer life is often contingent on two things. How little we see ourselves and how big we see our God. And frankly, either one will work. There are times when I pray when I recognize how little I am. Man, i got to pray. I can't handle this. And there are other times when I see how big God is and I go, I've got to pray. Either one will work. And Jesus had them both going. Jesus knew the restrictions of His humanity and it led Him to be a man of prayer. And He knew the vastness of His God. Don't let anyone tell you Luke teaches a different Jesus. It's so ridiculous. I've read that. It doesn't teach a different Jesus. It's a different camera angle. There's no conflict. Some say, well, it emphasizes... Jesus did not know He was God in Luke's Gospel. He just knew He was the Son of Man. If He knew He was the Son of God, He would have said so. Listen to me. Luke's Gospel contains... Jesus' baptism, when He heard the Father say, You are My Son, whom I love, with you I am well pleased. Where do we get these crazy things? No, He knew He was God. But He knew why He was here. Was to die like every other man. Yet without sin. And he knew in order to do that, he had to lay aside the independent use of his deity and live just like every other person. He cried when he was pricked as a baby. At his circumcision, I'm sure he screamed. He bled and sweat and cried just like anyone else. But he ministered in power. Because the Holy Spirit came on Him. And He says to us this morning, I've chosen you to change the world. 
to love people recklessly. I've got an assignment for you. It's a big one. It's a doozy. But you can't do it on your own. I want you to understand how small you are and how big God is. So pray. And whatever else you wear for Easter, you can be clothed with power. Same Holy Spirit that came on Jesus. That same Holy Spirit wants to come on you in power. Wants to come on me in power. The early church, they said they're ordinary people who have been with Jesus. God worked through them. Even as God is working through us here in northeast Atlanta. Would you pray, Lord Jesus, come on me this morning. Holy Spirit, come on me this morning. I recognize how small I am and how big you are. You've chosen me along with the rest of us for a high assignment that we could never fulfill without you. Clothe us with power. In Jesus' name.